Hello and welcome back to another Mean Green Podcast. Uh, we're happy to have you back for episode 5, Quattro, for those of us who do not, I'm, I'm stupid, it's Cinco. Is it Cinco? Milo, is it Cinco? Don't look at me, I've never taken Spanish before. <laughs> I've taken I it, took I haven't two succeeded. two half years of French, so I, I can tell you French, but uh, I can't tell you Spanish. Well, what, what's, what's five in French? Uh, sunk. Sink, what? Sink. Sunk. Sunk. C-I-N-Q. Oh, so like sink. Sink. Throw the kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, I feel like Start I'm in off Paris. with a little French today. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm in Paris. We were in Paris. That's who was in Paris. Uh, we got another good episode for y'all. Um, got a lot to talk about. Big week for UNT. They're playing Tulane, uh, a ranked Tulane, AP number 23, Green Wave. It's kind of a green on green action here. So I don't know. How's your week been, man? It's been the usual. You know, uh, I think it's been all right. Um, getting more alone time this week. Um, girlfriend's back home visiting family in Texas. Um, so, you know, I mean, can't really complain. It's been all right. Yeah, I got you, man. Uh, getting that alone time. I think, what was it, like two episodes ago or, or the first episode we had, we talked about how we were both home alone. <laughs> I think so. I think it was yeah. uh, something like that. Yeah, now we're both home alone again. And you may notice there's a uh, there's less enthusiasm this week. It is because as we speak, it is 10.35 p.m., central time for milo that is 8 35 but here's the difference between milo and i so it catches up to us in different ways so my 10 35 uh i wake up at like 10 every day so like i've been up for 12 hours that's when i start getting tired you wake up at like five every morning for some reason i wake up at about five five forty ish yeah and because i yeah. gotta be logging to my computer for work at, at 6 a.m yeah. Because majority of my coworkers are on, on the eastern coast. Um, so, yeah, I just got to accommodate for that time being in California. So I wake right. up early, and that means I get tired early, too. So I'm, Gotcha. I'm out yes. at about 9 o'clock. So. Yeah, so you're, you're 830, <laughs> your 8.35 is yeah. feels a lot later than mine does. So It's almost bedtime. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> We're, now we become sleepy, bringer of milk and cookies, like, Pretty much right after this podcast, I got some things to do this weekend, including uh, reporting UNT football. So let's get right into this. As I like to say, let's get on to the gridiron. We'll talk about Temple a little bit. And man, I'll just tell you straight off the rip, that was a strange game to be at. So there were a couple of things that were a big deal. So there was a solar eclipse. I don't know if y'all could see that from, from California, but there was a solar eclipse that that was supposed to be uh, visible um, from from where we were. Like they passed out in the press box. They passed out like the reflective protective solar eclipse glasses. And, and let me tell you, Milo, I've never been more disappointed in my life. The sun <laughs> was over the press box. Oh my God. And so I couldn't see it. You know, I, I think it's funny because I was watching the highlights of the game because I unfortunately was not able to catch the game live. Um, I was out running errands and, and doing stuff on my Saturday morning. Um, and I was looking at the highlights and I'm like, man, Apogee looks dark. Or sorry, Datku. Datku <laughs> looks dark. I was like, does it always look, is the lighting always this bad on, on, on broadcasts uh-huh. at the stadium? It's like, man. And then I, I, it took me a minute, but I'm like, oh, that's right. There was an eclipse. Yeah, there Very was rare. A, there was an eighty-five percent solar eclipse. The big one will come in April. It will be a full solar eclipse. It will be lights out for about thirty minutes. I think that's kind of cool. Maybe I'll actually get to see this one. But knowing my luck, I'll probably be reporting softball, and it will be cloudy <laughs> or something. So th- that's just uh, what it is, I suppose. But. The game itself uh, was pretty much the most complete performance from UNT this season. Uh, big performances 
uh, from Chandler Rogers again. He he was named. I I can't remember where it was. It wasn't like a big thing, but he was like named a player of the week uh, for somewhere. Uh, Twenty five for thirty nine through the air for Chandler, three hundred and seven yards, four touchdowns, two of which went to this podcast's favorite name to bring up, Jamori Macklin. I mean. Every week you you say Milo. I, I believe it's if you can get my Macklin going, then you have a better chance of winning. He's kind of your guy. Oh yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had a big bounce back game too. I called it last week. I said, look to see if Macklin can get going again. Because um, against Navy, Navy uh, they held him down, and he wasn't able to get much going against Navy, and UNT lost. I feel like this offense kind of. We all know that this offense lives and dies with. Macklin, I feel like without him, this offense is very limited. And I mean, Rogers can only do so much without him. For so. sure. And I and I mean, when you look at Macklin, he is the, he's the team's biggest big play threat. Um, you always got to watch him downfield. He, I think, what impresses me most about Jamori is just his run after catch ability. He's got great hands, but man, he blazes. I mean, he is a fast individual. Um, and he broke away there for a couple of long touchdowns. Six receptions, 163 yards, two touchdowns for Jamori against Temple. He was undoubtedly my player of the game. Also got a look at the running game, 220 yards, uh, seven, seven uh, attempts, 94 uh, yards, and that big breakaway touchdown from 43 yards out for Oscar Attaway. Just a really good game all around offensively. Didn't turn over the ball. Uh they scored in a majority of their drives. That's that was a big deal. And then the big shocker, because you and I talk a lot of mess about that defense. Every week we seem yep. to find find a way to trash the defense. I don't have much to trash here. They give up 14 points, uh turn uh forced three turnovers in the final two quarters. Uh, it was Carson Crop, um Logan Wilson, and Nick Nakwasa who forced the turnovers. They all get interceptions. Carson Crop, that was his first interception for the Mean Green. So just an overall solid performance. I mean, if you could, if you wanted to nitpick it, which this podcast is big on, we love nitpicking, um, you could look at the rushing yards again for Temple. Temple is not a team that, that rushes a lot. Of course, um, EJ Warner, their big passer, he was out, but Quincy Patterson, who's more of a rushing guy, uh, did take the field. And for the first two quarters, he, he absolutely destroyed UNT on the ground, kind of settled down there in the second half. But Temple does end up getting uh, 242 yards and two t- both of their touchdowns uh, on the ground against UNT. And that run game, it's just not really, even though it was a big win, and the turnovers really were, were effective that rush game is really hurting UNT's defense still. Yeah, I think they definitely need to work on it. Um, I was looking at UNT Twitter, looking at what other people, other fans were saying, and they were kind of just echoing that, that um, defensively they're doing a good job at, at, at defending, um, you know, passing. Um, but when it comes to the run game, they're still struggling with that. Uh, yeah, for sure. And yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think what we saw against Temple with UNT, I think that's what they're going to have to do all season. I don't think the rush defense is going to get any better than it is now. What they need to do is the rare opportunities they do get to uh, to pick off balls, uh, to make plays on passes, they need to take advantage of those because that will be key and making up for that that lack of rush defense. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. For sure, yeah. And I'm done talking about Temple. Get the owls the f*** out of here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> get the hell out of here, owls. Yeah, get out of here. Go back to Philly. Let's talk about the real winners. Conference favorites, Cotton Bowl winners, the Tulane Green Wave. Yeah, I think Man. this, um, Reed, this is uh, pretty easy to say, but... UNT, you need to prepare to get your ass kicked because that's exactly what's going to happen heading into this weekend. 
Well, um, I, I mean, you can. You, you, let, okay, let's be real. Let's be real. We yeah. can try and 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 play favorites and say, oh well, UNT. You know, they they played a good game defensively last week, and this defense continues to get better game by game. Uh, as as we love to quote Seth Luttrell, one day better. This defense has gotten one day better, but it is nowhere near prepared for the green wave, in my opinion. Let me give you some uh, some uh, some things for you. Uh, the Caesars Sportsbook, uh, the line yeah, and the over-under. You can give me the analytics. Well, Milo, uh, Caesars Sportsbook really agrees with you uh, if you're a betting man. Tulane are 20-point favorites. 20. They got, they got Tulane at minus 20. And then the over-under for this game is 63 points. 63. Okay, so here's my thing. How many of those points are, are they saying are Tulane? <laughs> and how many are they saying? Is this like a... Well, what is the split we're thinking? Because let, let's just go with the over-under. Let's just... Let's just go. It hits right on the spot. It's sixty-three. It's not over nor under. How does how is that split up in your mind? Are we talking 31, 30, 32? Probably not. Honestly, I really don't know. I I feel like yeah, I feel like maybe thirty-two, but I I don't know. I mean, if they're what's if they're uh, twenty-point favorites, what Caesar's sports book? It's pretty much saying is 42-21 Tulane. <laughs> I mean that, that's that's respectful. That's accurate. That, that's respectful. I mean that's not that's not out of the question. I definitely don't. If anything, UNC is probably going to score less, maybe. But yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't mean, see UNT putting up. This offense is pretty decent, but uh, you got to consider who you're going up against. I don't think sure. they're going to put more than 25 up against Tulane. Yeah, and I mean Tulane's the second best defense in in uh, I was about to say Conference USA. No Judy uh, in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, they're only allowing eighteen points a game, you know. And yeah, so they're, they're cooked. They're cooked yeah. offensively. Yeah, and this is a team much. that th- this is a team that um, if their offense isn't going, they're not getting. Shit. They're losing. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. much. Pretty so, much. So yeah. I mean the Navy game. Navy kind of kind of proved us wrong in a sense where they were able to stay in and make it a, a close game, I guess. But I don't know. This is a totally different breed, and um, you're playing what? They're number twenty three, I think. Yep, AP. Yeah, they're twenty four yeah. USA today. Yeah, um, you're getting cooked. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm kind of leaning that way as well. Uh, maybe they'll surprise us a little bit. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, I think the thing about it is that UNT does have the best offense in the American Athletic Conference. Oh, do they? They do. They are currently averaging uh, 35.7 points a game. Uh, they've put up 27 touchdowns. Only they are tied for most touch or second most touchdowns in the league. Uh with uh, Memphis. So I don't know, man. I want to, I want to be like, and this isn't because I cover the team. I think everyone can tell on this, on this podcast, we're not homers. I want to say, yeah, I want to say like the score will be 45, 30, something like along those lines, but I just don't think it will be that close. No, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think so either. Um, again, I got to side with Caesars if they're going 40-20, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I I don't know. It's, it's, it's a big game for UNT, and I think it's probably, it's probably their biggest game of the year, really. I mean, are you going to say SMU is, is more, more important? Well, viewers, you can't, or listeners, rather, you can't see my face, but I did make a face. I would say it's between SMU and and probably the final game of the season, Birmingham, uh, UAB. Yeah, but none of those teams are, are as good as Tulane. Oh, no, but I think that, well, here, here's what I'll say. This is my hot take. This is Reed's take today. 
I think that the Tulane game will be closer than the SMU game. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I can see it. I can see it. Because I just think there's just a mental block for UNT going into Ford Stadium that says, we cannot win here. They've never won at Ford Stadium. I don't never. think it's ever even never. It's it's never even been close at Ford Stadium. Okay. So yeah. 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 It's not looking so good. I, but just, okay. So that, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah, I think that that it will be closer uh, this weekend than than at SMU. Harder environment this weekend for sure. Uh, UNT. It's a sellout crowd they're going into. I can't say this with a straight face. UNT <laughs> is Tulane's homecoming. This. <laughs> You know, you know, it's not often UNT gets to play in front of a sellout crowd. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> and, and the crowd is going to be green. So, <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe. If they walk into the just, stadium... And they're like, wow, man, wow the, all these people are supporting us. If they just imagine the stadium is shaped like a giant bird's tail, <laughs> they might be able to put 30 on the board. Maybe. Yeah. There you go. This, <laughs> that go mean green spirit in the crowd. Oh, my God. I, I've, I've experienced Tulane fans um, firsthand. I went to the Cotton Bowl last season. My dad's a big USC guy. So I went down to the Cotton Bowl. That was one of his worst days of his life. Other than the fact that he got to see his team play, um, I think he really enjoyed it. But um, Tulane did come back. And uh, there was a a uh, early in that game, or, or late in that game, rather, uh, Mario Williams, a receiver for USC, he, like, muffed a kick right next to the goal line. And that was kind of the momentum changer. You know, Tulane came back 14 yeah. points in under, under five minutes. So their crowd was kind of leaving after that last Caleb touchdown. And then um, they literally came back and made emitted the loudest sound I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I don't know what they're giving those kids down in Louisiana, but that was the loudest sound I've ever heard in my life when they came back. For that, for that, uh, I don't want to say goal line stand. When you when USC was backed up into their own goal line, th- yeah, the two lane fans made a noise I have never heard in my life, and I swear to God, if I would have like screamed at the top of my lungs, my dad wouldn't have heard me. So, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, so I'm assuming that a sold out stadium of those people will not bode well for UNT. And I know Carson Crop. he told me yesterday, I asked him, you know, it's going to be a sellout. Like, it's going to be damn crazy. And he's like, oh, well, we love it. If you don't like that, then you don't like football. But it's different when it's not your crowd, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, it 100% is different. Um, I just kind of think of all the games, you know, the beginning of the season in college football when it's not like a charity game. But you, you know where I'm going with this. Where, where oh my God. schools? I don't know invite, where you're going. No, no, no. Where <laughs> P5 schools will invite like lower tier schools, will invite G5 schools <laughs> to come into their stadium and kick their ass. I can think of UTSA. I I feel like I always bring up UTSA. Uh, they do. don't live rent free in my head. I promise. <laughs> but I think of UTSA going into um, Neyland Stadium in Tennessee, and just experiencing that crowd. I feel like UNT is going to experience something like that. But I don't know if it's going to be SEC level. On a much yeah. smaller scale. On a much smaller yeah. level. I mean, I'm sure it's going to feel like SEC junior. Yeah. Same group of yeah. people. Them rowdy South folk. Yeah. Hey, man, get off my field. <laughs> Go Green Wave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It's gonna be interesting. They're very passionate and uh, and rightfully so, dude. I mean, you got your team that you talk about doing something, right? Yeah. They were ranked last year. They crawled all the way into the AP poll, got ranked, made the Cotton Bowl, and then not only did they make the Cotton Bowl and show up there, 
but they won. Tulane is a prime example of what UNT should us. You should aspire to be a team that seizes the moment and takes advantage of a golden opportunity. Now, listen, um, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to plug myself. I did write that earlier. Um, but you did. For me, for me, Green Twenty Four Seven. I wrote. Yeah. I wrote a story, which is what we, uh, obviously what we're carried by we are a mean green 24 7 pod i did write a story today called um unt's game versus tulane is a possible glimpse of the future because yes i I do think that what willie fritz has done with the tulane program and their successes of late is something that unt can look at and kind of realize you know like holy moly like we can actually get to this point in the american athletic conference because a lot of different people uh, kind of, I mean, there's not a better way to put it. And they, then they, they just kind of demean the, the group of the group of five and, you know, to find legitimacy or legitimacy rather um, at this level it is something that, that is not taken lightly. And, and it's certainly something that uh, Morris and the players we interviewed yesterday Definitely know that this is like a big deal, you know, with conference realignment the way it is, you never know how long Tulane is going to stay in the American Athletic Conference. So that begs the question, who is going to be that next team? And, you know, if UNT can get it together, then, you know, maybe it will be UNT here in, in a few years. You know, it's been a process for Fritz. It's been seven years to get to a national contention, right? And I don't think... Tulane is going to make the college football playoff or anything, but they're definitely trajecting towards a another NY6 bowl at least. Yeah, but you know what? I'm getting massive deja vu from uh, the Mason Fine era. When oh, that, my when God. That, when, that, when that infamous article came out that said <laughs> UCF, that compared UNT to UCF and said North Texas can be the next powerhouse G5 school. And it was like, it was the rave. Like all UNT fans would like recite it. I think GoMeanGreen.com loved that article. No and, free shout outs. Um, no free shout outs, but uh, check that time out. Check that shout out. But um, <laughs> everybody loved that article and they referenced it constantly. It was, I, I got to find it. And I don't know, maybe we can try and play it. A, that was an SB Nation story, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you remember it. Yeah. Well, and I yeah, I remember you talking about up. it. Yeah, but it did not end up living to um, fruition. That that article, which clearly compared UNT to UCF, and uh, we look back on it x amount of years later. I don't know how many years it's been, but uh, it's safe to say UNT has not panned out that way. So, but we've mentioned it on this pod before. Being in the American is much different than being in CUSA. You're very right, which is why, in a sense, I feel like the trajectory would begin now, right? You yeah. can't, I don't know, because you you can really go back and say, oh, well, UNT's road to becoming a powerhouse began now. But it's like, no, I mean, I feel like the road would begin, like, once they get into a legitimate conference. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, the road will start now. I'm not saying that like, Oh yes, the, the road starts now. I'm just saying that seeing Tulane succeed the way that they have. And obviously seeing Cincinnati go to the playoff that one year, uh, UCF making a couple new year, six bowls and also claiming a uh, completely fake, stupid national championship because they played most of no one. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Houston had some success with Tom Herman. You know, when you see things like that, I've got people of teams that are currently in the AAC and teams that were previously in the AAC. I mean, you kind of go, okay, if UNT plays its cards right and continues to develop, then maybe they can get to that point eventually. I don't think it's close at all. Like, I don't, I don't think next year, you know, and I would hate this if it was my first year off the beat, they go like 12 and one or something. (laughs) I would. It's. I know it's going to happen, and it's going to suck, and we'll do an emergency pod then, even though I probably, you know, I'm not going to 
say that, but you know what I mean. Um, But no, I don't think that if I had to guess, they're not going to be like to two lane levels or anything like that anytime soon, you know, next five years, maybe, but we'll see. Yeah. But I I think it's it's a long road ahead, Uh, but UNT, I mean, they're making the right steps. But Tulane is a school that when you line up against them, you could potentially see your future. Yeah. Across me, you know. The mean green wave. The mean green wave. Yeah. 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 And, you know, just kind of wrapping our Tulane talk. Uh, Bad news, Milo. Wanted to tell you this. Bad news. Hmm. Tulane happens to, you know, be pretty decent at rushing the ball uh 156 never would have guessed 156 and a half yards on the ground a game uh their uh number one guy makai hughes uh obviously they don't got tyjay spears no more he's tearing it up in the nfl but makai hughes um is third in in the american with uh 498 yards on the ground and um, four touchdowns. So pretty good threat on the ground there. Pratt can move. Michael Pratt, solid guy. If you look at his size, he's probably going to be playing on Sundays. Just as solid as it gets. Very similar numbers to uh, to Rodgers this year. Uh, um, I, I'm saying uh and um a lot. My podcast teacher told me I shouldn't do that. But Pratt has... Uh, well, your Struggled. podcast teacher doesn't host another Mean Green podcast, does she? <laughs> it's a he, so. actually. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's that's a true. sexism there. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, Michael Pratt, no, he'll, he'll be playing on Sundays. Very similar stats. He did miss a couple of games due to injury, but has really come back strong for the Green Wave. And, you know, they got a top two defense in, in the American. Uh, they got big guys like Devlin Hodges, big Big guy, big boy. Uh, let me let me tell you his height and weight real quick. Uh, Mister Mister Darius Hodges is um, 6'2", 280 pounds. I wouldn't want to be hit by him personally. Um, I don't know about you. Could you take a hit from a six two two hundred eighty pound man? Six two two hundred eighty. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm six hundred. I'm I'm six hundred. Yeah, I'm I'm six yeah. two 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 oh eight pounds. Yeah, I'm six hundred pounds. No, <laughs> I'm six two two oh eight for for reference or or six one. We'll you need to get you out on the UNT defensive line if you're six hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting at nose tackle tomorrow. So. There you go. And yeah. walking on is Reed Smith. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude. I had a dude. Don't tell me you've never thought about walking onto a football program and thought, okay, maybe I could like catch a ball. I have never thought about that. Okay, um, but well, I, I but but I am sure that there are UNT fans out there <laughs> that when they watch their team <laughs> the bed, they're definitely thinking about it and saying, hey, I can be out there. Come on, man, I can catch that damn thing. On <laughs> Austinani spikes a ball when he had a receiver <laughs> wide open for 50 yards. I can throw that. I can make that pass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but I don't know who's your player to watch against Tulane this weekend. Um, from UNT in or against no from from Idaho. No, yeah, from UNT. <laughs> yeah. um, can I just say the uh, the defense in general? Because like, yeah, say that. Gonna, like we know that the offense is going to be cooking. All right. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. We, well, the offense will try. The offense will try to cook. Um, but um, this Mean Green defense, I think overall as a unit, needs to step up and just kind of try the best that they can. You know, I mean. This is kind of one of those games where, personally, I think it's one of those games where the the fate is kind of written in the stars. You guys are most likely going to lose. Just go up there, give you your best effort. Continue, yeah. to, continue to get one day better. That's this. All right, All right. thanks, Coach. 
Um, no problem, Reed. <laughs> no, pro- no problem, Reed. Uh, one day better. Uh, we're getting better on all three phases. Um, yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, I wrote down in my notes my player to watch is the secondary. I think oh, if the secondary can take advantage of their passes, kind of like I was saying, because I don't think that Tulane is going to pass the ball very much. And if they do, um, they might be able to find success. But they're definitely going to run to set up the pass. When they do that, UNT's secondary, if they force a couple turnovers at whatever point in the game, that makes things a little interesting, Milo. Um, they need to turn over the ball in order to win this game. That's a yeah. big if. I think uh, they did a really good job of that against Temple. You know, well, Temple, but, that's Temple. Guys, but it's Temple, right. I know, but I was seeing guys getting picks left and right. So I, I think you know, just use that as a building block and, and, and take that into this game. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that they for sure are doing. I mean, they got some good good uh, standout guys in that secondary. Nick Nakwas has really come into his own. Kind of become kind of a bruiser lately. Got that interception, but he's been a bruising safety. Uh, Pat Smith um, has really come into his own. He uh, Morris said that he's one of the hardest hitters on the defense, which is kind of shocking because – He's not a very big kid, but man, I guess if you can run fast enough, then you can kind of hit people like a bullet and like the velocity of your hit matters more than the size of you. I don't know. I'm not a physics major, but that that's my You've kind never of tried it before. No, if you'd like to find out, I'll let you run full speed at me and hit me yeah. as hard as you can. And yeah, we'll I'll, see run, how... I'll run all the way from California. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude, you're going to run through me. <laughs> You have a thousand miles to build momentum. (laughs) This is Zach Babb, radio play-by-play voice of Mean Green Women's Basketball, and I have no idea why, but you're listening to another Mean Green podcast. Score prediction. Um, I'm go. I'm sticking with that forty twenty. I think. Uh, I think UNT is gonna probably put up about maybe maybe twenty three, maybe a uh, uh, twenty four, twenty twenty one to twenty four. I'll, I'll I'll give them that much. Um, maybe they get three and a field goal, right? Maybe. Um, and then uh, Tulane. I don't know, 42, 43, maybe. You're just gonna count and, all the way to 50. Uh, yeah, I will. No, I'll I'll say low four. I'll say low 40s for Tulane. And, all right. Um, we can say, all right. say 40, 42, uh, 24. There you go. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's a valid. That's a valid one. So you're gonna be kind of shocked by mine, because usually it's you that gives these kind of answers. I'm gonna go 45, 17. Tulane. <laughs> I, I what happened? You were saying that they could put up 30 potentially. That's a big what if. And that's something that I don't want to go on record saying that yes, I think that UNT's offense can put up 30 against Tulane. Do I think <laughs> they have the potential to? Sure, but I think Tulane's defense, just the sheer size of the kids, is much bigger than UNT. And I think the I mean they're bigger physically, they're faster. I mean they competed against Ole Miss. They lost that game in the final 10 minutes. You know, that yeah. was without Pratt. So if they're competing against an SEC top 15 team like that, that's their only loss of the season. They beat USC last year. Uh, they returned a lot of their guys. So it's a pretty similar team to the team that USC faced. Tulane's going to be a problem for whoever they face in a New Year's Six Bowl because I truly believe they'll they'll be going to a New Year's Six Bowl. I just don't think UNT has the size. And – you know, I think UNT might surprise some people in this four-game stretch from with Tulane, uh, Memphis, UTSA, and SMU. This weekend will not be the one that will get eyes turned them. It's going to be 
I'll give you a full game prediction. In fact, it'll be 14, seven after the first quarter and then Tulane pulled away. UNT scores a field goal and a touchdown for the rest of the game. And then other than that, it's just overpowered. It sounds like you've been watching a lot of mean green football because that, that sounds pretty damn accurate. <laughs> it's almost like I've reported, what is it's it now? Like, it's 30, like you reported it for that long. Let's see, it's six games, 12 and or 13 in 2021. So that's 19. All of last year, which was 13 games. So 32 games of UNT football. Uh, so that's a lot of it's uh, a lot of tough nights. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I think you know this is interesting. Um, do you remember that UAB game that finished like forty to six? No. Two thousand twenty one. No. Jace Reuter threw a pass to COVID. nobody. They got picked off. No, it was twenty one. I don't know. Okay, so in that game, Jace Reuter, uh, John Fields, our friend. So this is when I was the daily writer, and he was the 24-7 guy. He was in New York, and I don't think he'll have a problem with me disclosing this. He was in New York for a Lord Huron conference, or a Lord Huron concert, so he missed the game that weekend. He still reported it, but from his, uh, uh, from his hotel room. Um, UNT lost 40-6 to that game. I thought that that was the game Seth Luttrell was going to get fired. And so the vibes, that was the worst vibes that I've ever felt in a UNT game ever. And there's been a lot of bad vibes, but that was the worst vibe that I've ever felt as a reporter. And that was in my first season reporting the team. There you go. Story time with Reed Smith. Yeah. Thank you. These are like your FDR fireside chats. Um, <laughs> poli is coming in handy, huh? Oh, yeah. I I enjoy poli man. Did you enjoy it? Um. Mixed feelings about it. I personally thought it wasn't bad, but I felt like the first half of the class was like a snooze fest. I could not pay attention to it. Did you take it in person or online? Uh, It was in person. Dude, I took one in person last semester. Remember that class I had from like 7 to 9.30 p.m.? Last semester? Yeah. I don't know. You don't? Yeah. I probably do, but it's too Yeah, it's a while back, but... No, that class sucked. Um, so I'm taking it all online this this semester. Uh, and it's kind of worse online, I think. But that was what we have to think about uh, Tulane UNT. I mean, I think you and I are both in agreement where, you know, it, it's not going to be like close. But, you know, it's, it's a big moment for the team. It's a big game anyway, even if it's not close. Um, it is what it is. Yeah. I agree. Any and, final um, thoughts on more, Tulane? Yeah, I got one more one more component that we haven't thought that we haven't mentioned. Um, they're on ESPN two, um, nationally televised, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So ESPN two is nationally. It's a ranked televised. game. Uh, ranked game as well, right? So um, this is uh, Morris's first game against a ranked opponent. Good media attention. Please, mm-hmm. whatever you do, I'm sure all of the North Texas fans out here can be in agreement. Do not get destroyed. Like, you know, make it like don't end up with Reed's prediction coming true because that's not a good look for you. I, UNT and getting blown out on national television is like they go together like two peas in a pod. But uh, yeah. D- Maybe avoid it this time and maybe make it a little bit respectable. After all, it is an in-conference, like, it's a conference game. So it's cool yeah. to see. Um, but, yeah, just just interesting on the whole uh, national televised game. Yeah, and it, it's a big opportunity to, you know, if it's respectable, then people go, wow, look at what, look at what Eric Morris is doing at UNT. They're competing against Tulane. And then if they get blown out, it's like, well, status quo. We'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope for the love of God that the 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 commentators don't say the mean green named after Hall of Fame offense or defensive lineman uh mean Joe Green because every time they say that, yeah, what's it called? The UNT fans. It was not actually named after Joe Green. Who's named after that? It wasn't. No, it was uh SID's Ooh. wife. Oh, huh? you, did, you, did, 
It was an okay. So there was a lead communications director. She's at the game, and she's like, "Dang, that made it was the defense that Joe Green was on," and she was like, "Wow, that defense, that Green sure is mean." And a reporter heard it and wrote it down in the paper. That's how Mean Green came it came to be. It had nothing to do with with Joe Green. Can you say it had something to do with Joe Green because he was part of that defense? Sure. But it, but at the end of the day, it was from that SID's wife. Okay, I'm yeah, you baffled. Didn't, you didn't, but yeah, you I didn't think know. I'm that. still say, I think I'm still going to say that uh, it comes from Joe Green. You guys, well, me well, Green no. can kiss my ass. How about that? <laughs> well, no, that that was my point. That was my point. That either way, it's stupid because why wouldn't you just like embrace that? Sure, yeah. your nickname comes after your best player ever, one of the best football players ever. So like. Why does it matter? Why make a big deal out of it? That's not our history. Like, would you rather it be, yeah, some random ass person in the press box just went, wow, that green sure is mean. Or would you be like, yeah, it comes from Mean Joe Green. It's one of the few things that bring the Mean Green national attention. Why would you want to squander it for some local, (laughs) local story like that? Oh, yeah. oh, because the UNT fans love a local story, I feel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I need to stretch and look at this time. Oh. You better check that timing. I think it is, uh, it is time for our favorite section of the show, Milo, for you to give your take. Better check that timing. It's time for Milo's take. Yeah, my take. Um, I know it's the most anticipated time of the show you sit here and you wait 41 minutes for this moment uh here it is Um, (laughs) earlier this week we were talking in our um little twitter group chat that we have um we're talking about the uh ap poll ranking and i think we started some discussion over where washington is ranked um i'm gonna stand by my take that i mentioned earlier this week I think Washington is ranked exactly where they should be. Uh, number five uh, with yeah. Michael Penix Jr. I think that's how you uh, say his name. Not Penix. As, as you can see by the – I don't know if you saw that clip of that guy. that um, his, <laughs> You keep saying that guy. The guy was Desmond Howard, dude. <laughs> I don't know who Desmond Howard is. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but, like, I'm a casual. I'm a casual. So Wow. Uh, he kept calling him Big Penix Energy. <laughs> Well, I personally think that Washington and Mr. Big Penix are ranked absolutely where they should be. Number five, I do not think that they are better than the four other teams ranked above them. I do not think they're better than Florida State. Don't think they're better than Ohio State or Michigan or Georgia. Um, I know you guys were sitting there saying that I I should be ranked number one. I was in philosophy. Okay, so you you weren't a part of the discussion, but um, we have a, a colleague, uh, Caleb Yum, um, okay. really high on the Washington. Uh, Washington, they're the Huskies, right? Mm-hmm. Or am I getting it wrong? There they are the Huskies. They're the really Huskies. The Washington Huskies. Um, he thinks they should be number one over Georgia. And let me not take him out of context because he did say that the AP poll should be based on you know, weekly standing. So how the team performs for the week. And he was telling me that, uh, you know, not just, not just for the week, actually, let me clarify. He was saying that uh, teams should be ranked based on their performance to the date of the, of the rank. Um, So he was saying that Washington should be number one because their schedule is a lot harder than Georgia's and they've proven more than Georgia. Okay. Let me stop him right there, vicariously through you. I am of the thought that if you are the previous national champion, until you lose, you should, you be should not one. lose the number one spot. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I think. It doesn't matter if your schedule is dog You're still better than everyone else because you won the championship. And I think you you won the championship. You're better than everyone else until you're proven that you're not. Exactly. I I mean, listen, all respect to Mr. Big Penix energy. 
<laughs> respect to Mr. Michael Penix Jr. Great story. Double knee surgery, man. Awesome that you're back. Let's go ahead. And I didn't have this loaded up, so I'm going to talk for a little bit. Let's go ahead and look at Washington football's schedule. Because last week was, was their premier win. Yeah. So Washington has played Tulsa, mid, Michigan State, extremely mid, California, mid, Arizona, they're pretty good. Okay. And they, and they're, what's that called? They're not good, but I mean, they're not bad. They, they challenge hard teams, or yeah, they challenge hard teams. Um, 31 24. Right? Well, yeah, they almost beat USC and Washington in back to back weeks. Uh, Washington only beat them 31 24. And then they squeak out a win against Washington or against Oregon. And I blame Dan Lanning, more on him later. I blame Oregon going for it on fourth down like four times and not getting it more than Washington winning that game. People are very reactionary. And listen, 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 listen. Caleb is a great reporter. Caleb is a great <laughs> friend. And Caleb is a very knowledgeable individual. Caleb is a trending news writer. And so when Washington is trending, I feel like he would <laughs> I feel like he would be more inclined you know, to be yeah. like putting them up. Yeah. So I I guess I'm gonna have to eat my words here because I, I thought Washington had a, a, a <coughs> tough schedule. Caleb and John Fields really sold me on on that concept that Washington had a really difficult schedule. And they've proven that they should be in the top three. I don't think so. Okay. I oh, think I all the teams. They, they beat a very mid Boise State 56 yeah. 19. Yeah. Okay. So another, uh, another charity win for them. So yeah. I think that Washington is not better than, again, they're not better than Florida State. They're not oh. better than Ohio State. Oh, they are not sure. better than Michigan. And they are not better than Georgia. You know how I come to this conclusion? Do you possibly think that if you line up, the Michigan Wolverines against the Washington Huskies. If you line them up on on Saturday, do you think Washington's going to come away with the win? I think J.J. McCarthy and Blake Corum have big games and win. Yeah, so um, they won't. Do you think if you line up Washington with the Georgia Bulldogs, they're going to win? No, I don't. No. So I'm sorry, listen, and and I know that. Georgia has not looked invin- as invincible as they were last season or the season before that. Georgia is still I, – I nearly just had to bleep myself again. They're still Georgia. Yeah. Georgia is still damn Georgia. And until they lose, they are Georgia. They are number one. Dr. Han, I am a surgeon. They are number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I, yeah, I agree no, with that. I, this is a rare, this is a rare Milo's take where I agree with you, mostly because you're not uh, taking a I'm dump not, on, on sure programs. Yeah. yeah, on a, on a program that I enjoy. So, well, no, I don't enjoy it. I'm not a fan, actually. Uh, I don't, I'm not a fan of anyone. I'm unbiased, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Washington's good. We'll see how their season ends up. They still got to beat USC. They still got to beat Oregon State. Yeah, you know. just a disclaimer. I do not think they're trash. By no. all means, by all means, I think that they are a top 10 program. And like I started off my take, I said that Washington is ranked where they should be. For all the trashing that I've that I've given them in this little segment, I do not think that they should be below five and i also do not think they should be above five i think slotted at number five is where they should be and that's where they should stay until the four teams that are above them one of them loses yeah for sure i think five is a perfect place for washington right now just keep them keep them it, it, it shooting distance but don't raise them higher than they deserve to be as of this moment uh, but no, that's it's weird that I'm agreeing with you for Milo's take. That that's something that I, I know that's, that's in, a first in a while. Yeah, um, and I, I say a while. I don't think I've ever agreed with you for Milo's take, have I? I don't think so. 
Okay. Yeah. So it's been five episodes and now I'm agreeing with you too early. I should have, I should have just like lied and said I loved Washington or something just to keep the disagreement streak going. Yeah. What the hell Milo? They're so good. You're number one in the country. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to cornball of the week. <clears throat> Who's your right. cornball? Um, if you really want me to go first, we can get into it. Um, yeah, let's so, go. So I have a screenshot here. Um, a couple days ago, actually, this was, uh, I think this was yesterday. Um, yep. A tweet from Dylan Collier of uh, KSAT, uh, which is a San Antonio uh, news outlet. Again, here I am referencing UTSA. Um, but star wide receiver Joshua Cephas is accused of repeatedly violating conditions of bond in his DUWI case. Latest violation report for skip breathalyzer tests was submitted to the court yesterday. It's his second violation report in five weeks. Now, he is not my cornball of the week, okay? My cornball of the week comes from this UNT page. I, I believe she's a UNT fan. Um, left a comment on this post and essentially real short to the point says color me surprised not um the handle is oh dude dude that person i have them blocked yeah yeah they wouldn't get out of my comments cornball of the week i guess you could say for this and that accounts previous actions because um, it has to be a burner for someone. For some what, it's, it's either it's either a burner yeah. or satire. I can't. There's tell. no way that the okay the handle is at UNT, but the account name is woo. So this has to be a burner, and um, I've seen this person endless times in comment sections of UNT related posts with the most vile takes. Um, this is, um, I get the feeling that the, the people were saying that this fan is the most racist UNT fan. Well, um, the person in, has an uh, acrostic poem, which is like, I'm racist in her and like, and who their uh, their pin tweet. Yeah. So. Yeah, so here on another Mean Green podcast, uh, we do not tolerate racism. No, we don't. That is why this person, yeah, do not condone it. And that is why this person is my cornball of the week because it is very clear that this person is saying that, uh, or this person could be saying that, oh, no surprise, this person uh, violated their uh, conditions of bond in the DWI case. Of course, wonder why. but yeah, this person is most likely pretty racist, uh, and uh, yeah, cornball of the week for that comment for yeah. you know, not being shy from from posting something like that. that and just a dis- and just a disclaimer for listeners: I'm sorry that uh, you're going to have to hear beeps in your ear every now and then. We don't directly call people out by at, so yeah. we'll beep it. Um, sorry for your ears. I'm not sorry. You chose to listen to it. You know me. Um, yeah, tough my corn. Yeah, tough luck. Should have listened to another Mean Green podcast. Whoa! Anyway, <laughs> uh, my corn <laughs> my cornball of the week is uh, Dan Lanning, the Oregon head coach. Um, he's a cornball. I, I regret to inform you. I don't know if you remember this, but during the Colorado game or before it, he put the he somebody videoed his pregame talk to his team, and they just absolutely washed Colorado. Killed that momentum real quick. Um, he said, like, oh, we're not playing for clicks. We're playing for wins. We're not playing for clicks. Yeah. We're playing for a win. It's like, well, Dan, you're not playing for either of those damn things on last Saturday because Washington came in, or they didn't even came in. You came into Washington, and they beat the living shit out of you. So, yeah. Uh, the irony is that when you say in a locker room thing that you know is being report or recorded when you say oh we're not playing for clicks you are playing for clicks you cornball that's a very good point absolutely i got the cameras rolling there on espn um you know they're they're front so they're pretty damn big cameras so 
you know that they're there in the room, and you're gonna sit there and put on a show and say, "Oh, we're not we're not playing for clicks. They're playing for clicks. We're playing for views. We're we're playing for wins." Like, come on, bro. Come on. And really? and for that, Dan Lanning, U of O head coach, you are my cornball of the week. I think you're a good coach, man. Cornball. He's a good coach. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely good what coach. At Oregon is, is phenomenal. That's good yeah. stuff. Credit awesome. where credit's due. Cornballs can be successful. Yeah. Yeah. I know plenty of successful cornballs. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's cornball of the week for y'all. Uh, don't be toxic on Twitter. There's there's being a troll. No. There's like being funny on Twitter like and saying whatever. And then there's like being really racist and making light of a situation that isn't really funny. You don't really know what Josh Cephas is going through. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what do we know about Josh Cephas? He rolled his car on campus. That was a D. He got a DWI for that. That's none of our business, whether it be journalist or whether it be podcasters or some random person on Twitter, that's none of our business to decide what's going on with him. So that's one of those things that you should just leave alone. I don't know if it's, that's not a fan thing. Like that, that exceeds being a fan. Like if, if somebody posted like, Oh yeah, do one no triangle toughness, best team in Texas. And the UNT fan tweeted like, not so fast. It's actually this team or whatever. That's just fanhood. That takes it to another level when you're making light of, of a, of a guy that's clearly struggling. So on top of that, this is also, you got to factor in the small school thing, right? This is, this is not a player for Alabama. This is someone that plays for UTSA. He most likely sees almost every single tweet about him on Twitter. Yeah. Because he plays for a smaller school like UTSA. Um, so he probably saw that reply. Right? <laughs> and that's not cool. Yeah. That's and, another and thing not- that you have to keep in mind, that everything that you say about like a smaller school, there is a very high percentage that the person that you are talking about is actually going to see what you're saying. Yeah. And and not to mention, uh, you know, this kid may just have seen his football career disappear at this point. Yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, he's put himself in a legal hole here. Yeah. So. It, uh, it, you know, I'm thinking of uh, a North Texas player that did something similar. Um, and not, not similar to the extent of a DWI, but uh, uh to the extent of putting themselves in a legal bind that could, that essentially well, that, ended their football that, career. That did, that did essentially end his football career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's not so, I wouldn't joke about that. Like, I, yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, not, we're not joking about it, but you know, we're, no, no. Like, I was that, just saying, that, that's but, an example. Like, if a UTSA fit and joked yeah. about that, it would be just as bad. So, yeah. I don't know. Just that person in particular is really toxic. I ended up blocking them because they kept, commenting on my things and just finding i think one of the things they commented was like wow your takes are really bad and i just commented back like okay then don't follow me like yeah like like, come on bro like you don't have to you don't have to tell them that just unfollow yeah just take them but you know what what to say that we're not open to criticism right no i love criticism i wish more people responded to our podcast because we say a lot of stuff on our podcast that pretty much goes un it'll get there eventually Eventually, I feel like we're going to have like floods of because we're not. I mean, this is not calling out anybody else. I promise we do not take a green pilled approach to our podcast. I mean, obviously, like we're not ever going to look at something more positively than it should be or more negatively than it should be. But, you know, we're not. We can sit here. We can sit here and dissect a game against Tulane for or dissect a game against Temple that UNT should have won and which they did, but we can sit here and dissect it to, to the core, like analyze the stats and, yeah. and, and have and, a, a boring discussion about the team's performance during that game. But we, we kind of try and add a realist approach to it, which is, look, they won a damn game that they were supposed to. Okay, let's move on from Right. Yeah, and you know, I think there's a difference between analysis podcasts and how podcasts are more entertaining. Personally, my personal taste, some people might like listening to the analytical podcast 
If you like listening to analytical podcasts, then maybe you should consider reading my analytical stories where I get into stats every week on UNT previews. Um, More on that when I, (laughs) more on that when I, when I close the show out, but um, no, for, for this podcast, I, I feel like just having a casual talk and, and, you know, having fun with it is more important than anything because me personally, when I listen to a podcast, if they're like, and this is not calling out anybody, this is not an example of anybody or what anybody does, but, when I turn on a podcast before, they're like, yes, this weekend the New York Jets did beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Zach Wilson. Now, Zach Wilson was pretty okay in the game, and Jalen Hurts threw a pick at the end of the game, which really sealed the way the victory for the Jets as Brees Hall rushed in for the win. Like, that, do you hear how boring that is? Like, I don't want to – I wouldn't want to listen to that. Yeah, you're snoring. Honk, shoo, me, 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 me. Like, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> so, like – you know, um, I I hope people who are listeners, uh, listeners, I'm talking to you. Um, I, don't, I hope they don't see us as like, as try, coming off as disrespectful or anything. We just have fun with yeah. the podcast and, and we that's, appreciate that's it. That's it. At the end of the day, that's it. We're just here having fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I had fun recording this episode today, Mr. Mahaltzis. What are you doing this weekend my friend. This weekend, I am going to try and watch the Mean Green game, of course, because last yeah. weekend I did feel kind of bad that I wasn't able to catch the game. Um, but maybe I should stay away from the game because I watched, I didn't watch them play Temple and they won. So maybe if we want a positive thing to talk about next week, maybe I shouldn't watch it. But mm, I most likely super, getting a little superstitious. Getting a little superstitious here. No, I, I, I probably will watch it. Um, I mean, what the hell else are you going to be doing at twelve thirty on a Saturday? I have no clue. That is a phenomenal point. It's going to exactly. be at twelve thirty. So, phenomenal. Yeah, I'm probably not going to be doing very much this weekend. Um, I'll still be with myself. Uh, go pick up my girlfriend from the airport on Sunday. So oh, that's that's yeah. a real fun, real fun, fun pickup. Um, yeah. LAX yeah. or John Wayne. Uh, neither. Uh, Burbank. What the? How many airports are in the LA area? My God, there's a lot. There's there's too many. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we we prefer not to go near LAX because it's a catastrophe going down. The I just airport. okay okay. I don't I don't want to like put bad judo on anything. I watched a uh, plane crash documentary about uh, LAX. Oh yeah, oh, oh at LAX. At LAX, a, a jumbo jet in like 1994 just flew onto another plane. Because it'll run really, issue. yeah, and it's like one of That's the worst wild. airports. Okay, we're we're getting hell off. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 not going to talk about plane crashes here. No, yeah, this yeah. isn't a plane crash uh, podcast. Um, yeah, this weekend I'm probably uh, I'm probably going to go watch uh, baseball mostly, and then report UNT, of course, write some more UNT stuff. Got another the Arlington Rangers. Uh, yeah, l- whatever. Yeah, let's not talk about that. I Love know you're Rangers. very upset about that. I am very upset about tonight. It was 8-4, or 8-5, rather. Just couldn't come back. It's fine. It is what it is. Still up 2-1. I'm coping, but... Yeah, let Mr. Fields know. Yeah, oh my God. I don't even want to talk to John (laughs) right now. I know he's going to get home. He went to the game tonight, and he's going to get home and be like, wow, guys, that was a great win. I'm like, go to to hell, John. Anyway, love you, John. Uh, John is a constant listener of our podcast, so love you, John. Thank you for listening yeah. to the podcast and thank you uh listeners for listening to our podcast every week we've made it a weekly thing we're almost to a month on the air which is huge um so i just want to thank everyone for listeners every time i send our numbers to milo every sunday and and the listenership is just going up uh, i can't tell y'all how much i appreciate that and i know milo does too but if you would like to listen to our podcast some more we're available on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud right now. I know I say it every episode. Trying to figure out YouTube. I'm not really sure how I'm going to do it yet. If it's going to be like an animatic that plays the whole episode, or it's just going to be my face. We'll see. Um, I'll figure it out before too long. This podcast is not going to end anytime soon. So I got some time to figure that out. But uh, we are a Mean Green 24-7 podcast. So if you like this UNT content... Then you'll love it even more is a VIP if you become a Mean Green 24-7 VIP 
you get exclusive content and are able to view things that others may not be able to, especially for away games at the upcoming basketball season. Every away game I will write by the numbers, which gives you a numbers look recap of UNT men's basketball games. That is content you will not want to miss. And maybe one of these days we'll have a VIP podcast. And that is something you'll really not want to miss. But that will be it from me and Milo today. Thank you for listening to episode five of another Mean Green podcast. Have a good night. It's like 1138 here, so I'm going to bed. Peace, everyone.